Welcome to the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. As we continue to grow the HSCT Warrior community, illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Well, how is recovery going? It sounds really well so far. Yeah, um, it for the most part, it is going really well. The biggest thing that I have struggled with is numbness in my legs, um, in my especially in my feet. I also have periods where my index finger and my thumb on my right hand are numb, but it it does go away. Like today, it's not so bad. Like I can tell it's a little, like there's a little bit of numbness there, but it's almost non-existent. The numbness in my legs is pretty much non-existent today. And in my feet, it's better, but it's not completely gone. So some things I've read online, uh, especially when it comes to the myeloblative, and this is something Dr. Michelle said, shared with me when I was up there in February because I asked him about it because I told him I said when I had the mobilization done you know I had to have that dose of chemo and from that dose of just that one dose of chemo I said like within a week even though I wasn't feeling great like I was a little bit tired and stuff I actually felt like I could walk better already. And I felt like some of the existing numbness that I had was gone. I said, but then when I came back and you all did everything to reset my immune system, that numbness did go away for a few days, like right before I was discharged. But then it came back and it came back worse than it was before I even started this whole process. And like, I've kind of have dealt with that even after being discharged. So there was, there's actually some days and actually it was as recent as last week that, well, I will tell you it even sooner than that, it was, uh, Let's see, this is Saturday, Thursday. I always have to think about these days. So Tuesday night when I came home from work, I actually kind of had a stressful day at work. And Tuesday night when I came home, my numbness in my feet was so bad that it actually hurt for me to step on a hard surface. Mm. So like if I would step on the tiled floor or the steps are, you know, they're wood steps. So anything hard that I would step on, it was actually painful to step on. But when I woke up Thursday morning, um, it, 
it was gone. Like mm. it was, I mean, like the numbness is still there, but it doesn't hurt sure. for me to step on things. Um, and even today, like it's like, I feel like it's much more improved. It's kind of so, like I had this really bad episode and then like now it's clearing up again. Do you tie so, that to stress? Some of it I tie to stress, but some of it I wonder if it's my body processing and trying to get rid of the chemo. And if maybe that, like, I wonder if the chemo is actually like, if it kind of like almost deposits itself somewhere, you're like, maybe in places that you don't get as circulation as good, you know, that's why I'm thinking, you know, like my feet, um, I think that's very my, plausible. Yeah. Because even on my right side, on my right side, my right leg, uh, years ago, I got a blood clot in that leg. So my circulation in that leg is not great. And that leg, I've actually had the most problems with the numbness and the tingling and the pain when I step where the left side, I mean, I've, I've experienced those same moments, but it just doesn't seem like it's as intense as it is on my right side. Well, and something so. I like to tell myself, and I don't know if this is true, but it's a okay. story that helps me feel better that when maybe I notice a new pain or something that feels old is returning, mm -hmm. I think to myself, well, maybe the connection is healing. And so my body can feel it again. Yeah. And it doesn't feel good <laughs> because right. suddenly, right? Like, all of a sudden, these new connections are being made and my body doesn't know what to do with it. And so it feels painful, but I try to tell myself it's a good thing. It's a new connection. It's rewiring. I don't know if it's just me trying to be, stay optimistic. Okay. If I'm totally now, fooling myself. <laughs> okay. So, so I'm going to tell you that I don't think that you're crazy. And here's why. Because... I actually have went online and did some research just to see what people have experienced where they've just had regular nerve damage. And that nerve is healing or reconnecting. And almost every story that I've read, people describe a point where they actually had pain as that nerve was healing mm. or had burning sensations. It makes total and I, sense. And I will tell you that numbness, even the pain that I've had, I also feel like that sometimes instead of it feeling numb, it felt like it was on fire. Mm -hmm. So, I had before I was before I even started HSCT, I was already having trouble with walking and and having numbness like in my toes in the top of my feet. So walking, you know, I had to think about walking. Like I couldn't yes. I didn't just automatically just get up and walk. I had to think about where I was gonna plant my foot. How was I going to step off of this curb? How was I going to climb these steps? 
how am I going to come down those steps? And now I don't have to think about the walking. Like I don't, the only time I have to be careful is when the, my numbness is like when there's a lot of intensity with that numbness that I've been experiencing off and on. Sure. But I'm not thinking about it because of using all of those muscles to move, which is what I was doing before. <laughs> I'm thinking about how I'm going to walk in step because sometimes the way I land my foot can make it painful. Sure. Sometimes, you know, how I move a certain way can actually hurt, you know, so I try to avoid that. <laughs> um, and I just know that if I'm careful in certain ways that it won't hurt as bad, you know, like it, I might still have some pain, but it's not going to hurt as bad as if I just, you know, not pay attention to what I'm doing. Sure. Just, I still have that going yeah. on in my knee. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So I don't think, I don't think that your thinking is off. And if, it is, then we're both off <laughs> because, and, you know, and I'm trying to be optimistic too, because, you know, I have, and I, I did, I think I shared this with you. I can't remember if I emailed you or if I texted you and I shared with you that I, I have to actually at times stop reading the HSCT group post, you know, like, on yes, Facebook, yes. the different groups that are that are there, because occasionally it just seems like you have a bunch of posts, not you, but I mean, like on my news feed, sure. there'll be a bunch of posts where people either think they're experiencing a relapse or they have confirmed that they have relapsed and I'm like, now don't get me wrong. I'm super sensitive about that because I don't want anyone's MS to relapse that has this done. I, I don't want that. Same. But unfortunately, I also cannot read that every day because I'm trying to stay positive and I'm trying to keep the mindset that this disease is gone and I, I am hoping that I am a long-termer, you know, absolutely. That, you know, and I try to eat and do everything that I can to make sure that my body has every opportunity to do the right thing. And that is not attack me again. Right. You right, know? right. Same. <laughs> So, you know, I just try to eat the right things. Um, I try to stay away from, you know, different things that I'm not saying that, yes, it did cause me to get MS, but it maybe it just wasn't a good choice. And maybe I shouldn't have been doing that or I shouldn't sure. have been eating those certain things. So um, there are some things that I have you know, started eating again that I haven't ate in a very long time, but I, I feel that I'm doing better with it because I'm eating a cleaner version of it than I was before. And 
you know, I try to look at the labels on things and stay away from as much processed food. Mm. Actually, I've, I've been really good about doing no processed food at all. You know, um, I've been pretty successful with that. It does get difficult sometimes, sure, (laughs) but for the most part, um, I mean, I've been pretty successful, um, at doing that. And of course, you know, I'm always looking for something quick too, just like anybody else, because I do have a busy schedule where I work, you know, the pace that sometimes comes with that. Um, I need convenience. So I just try to be super like the, I do the best I can to be super careful not to eat processed foods. Sure. You know? Well, and you got back to work pretty quickly. I think you were even I working did. while you were there. I did. (laughs) (laughs) So my job does allow me to work remotely. And um, I do, I will say this, I am very grateful for everything that my, the company that I work for has done to make sure that I was able to have this procedure done. But... I don't feel like that we were as prepared as we should have been for it. And part of that was because once the ball got rolling, it was a, um, it was very quick. Like it didn't give us much time to get people trained. Mm, To help fill in. Yeah. To help fill in. So really the people that, we're still here, you know, they were doing their very best to stay, to, to keep things floating, to keep things moving forward. But, um, I still had to check on things kind of daily. It was definitely not as extreme as my regular job. What I like, what I normally did every day, I kind of was behind the scenes And what I would do is I would just kind of watch everything going on from the back seat. And then I would send messages, emails, or I would call people and say, this is what you need to do. Mm. (laughs) This is, this is how to fix this. You know, this is what they're asking. This is what they really want, you know? So that wasn't horrible, you know, doing that. Like, cause all I was doing was, it was kind of like I was, uh, I was there Google, <laughs> you know, like, how do I handle this problem? Um, so I, all I was doing was giving them answers, but even being, even being there in that back seat and not doing my normal job every day, um, I still wish that I would have taken a leave of absence from, from work. Sure. Because I do question sometimes if I made the right choice. Like, did I, did I do the right thing by still trying to be there every day? Or should I have, you know, like, would my, I mean, not that my recovery has been slow. It definitely hasn't. But would it be even better if I would have not went back to work 
you know, or not continue to work <laughs> while I was still there. I mean, the nice thing was, is if I was having a bad day or whatever, I would send out a message or a text and say, guys, I'm not doing good today. So you're just going to have to do what you can yourself. And hopefully I'll be up to speed tomorrow sure. and I can help you. And I did have a couple, like there were a couple instances where I was, I did not, like I wasn't available for like two or three days, you know, just because my body just couldn't, I just, I couldn't even be the person to give them an answer. Sure. You know, if you're able to, <laughs> I would highly suggest taking off. And I did have many people that I've talked to say the same thing. Um, but I'm also a person that I do really care about what I do. You know, I, I care, you know, even though business is business, I do still care about those people. And, you know, I want them to be successful too. You know, even the customers that I deal with, you know, I want them to be successful because they're in a position where, you know, they're reaching out to us because they need help. So we, you know, I really would have had to have had people trained for a lot longer period of time than I was given. So, and that just wasn't going to happen sure. with the timeline, the way that it fell. It just, you know, cause I, cause once I started getting yes answers, like they immediately started scheduling appointments. So it was like, okay, this is what we're doing. And this is the dates. And I'm like, okay, we're doing this, you know, which well, I was yeah. excited. Sure. You can't say no at that point. Right. I mean, I was excited, but I was also in my mind thinking, oh boy, <laughs> what are we going to do about work? You know? Yeah, well, secession planning or even just filling in, right, certainly yeah. takes, takes effort. And it's nice to know moving forward, or at least advice for others who are in that position where maybe they can help prepare, right, and, and help with that training in advance. Yes. That that's something to consider well in advance so that it isn't suddenly in front of you and not manageable or something that can be scheduled because of the tight timelines. Yeah. And I will say that because of what happened and how it happened, now things have changed <laughs> at my job and if we were to ever have something like this happen again, we'll be much more prepared. Like not just if like, I'm saying like if anybody at our place of employment, if anyone has to be out, like I think we'll be better prepared. Like we know that people do need, they need the recovery and they do, you know, they need the time off. Which is awesome. Right. I'm sure yeah. your employer is grateful for that too. Yes. Yeah, I mean, they've just been, like I said, they've, they have been totally supportive. And, you know, they, they've never experienced anything like this either. So for them, they don't, they didn't know what to expect either. 
you know, and I couldn't really tell them what to expect. I could only tell them what I've heard and what I read online. But I I said, but I don't know what that's going to look like for me because, you know, when you hear these stories and you read these stories, it's different for everybody. Yeah, we are all so, so unique. Yes, we are. So. So what about a superpower that you gained in your experience with HSCT? Hmm. A superpower. We talked about this during the last podcast. And you, so your superpower might have changed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just like your immune system has changed. Yeah. And I think I'm more bold, you know, like more confident. And that's even in like talking to people, not just people that have MS, but, and I think I talked about this before, like being able to encourage different people, but like just being more bold and more confident in discussing like what to expect because now I've experienced it. Mm. And I mean, I, I want what I really want is I just want to go out there and start preaching to multitudes about how this procedure works and, you know, what it has the potential to do. We already know that it's much better than the drugs that are out there. So certainly for long-term success. Yeah. I mean, I am, I'm just ready I mean, I'm just ready for this to be an option for everybody mm. and nobody has to like finagle the system or work their way into an appointment to make something happen. Right. I just I just want people to be able to go to an appointment and get a second opinion and be told, you know what, this does look like an option for you, you know, and we can do this because we've already been doing it you know, and we find it to be successful. Yeah. So maybe that's coming. You know, I had just seen, I think it was yesterday where Selma Blair, I guess, is putting out her documentary. Mm -hmm. So um, it sounds like it's very real documentary because she's really exposing herself as far as, uh, how things were going when she had MS before she had the procedure done. And I think that that's very much needed. Uh, I think those of us that um, have have MS um, and have been through that, I think that that's one of our flaws is that we hide what's really going on Mm. with our bodies, you know, and that's why you see all these, things online and it seems like I've even seen a couple commercials where they talk about how it's the hidden disease and and it is hidden because most people that have MS you would look at them and you'll be like that doesn't look if there's anything wrong with them I mean and right until it becomes a visible disability it exactly you can't see the numb feet right you can't, you can't. see the dizziness you can't see no all the pain And like, I know people, if they want, they would have to watch me though. I like, if people 
paid attention and watched me long enough, they knew that I was having difficulty walking. But if I was to just walk past you or you just glanced at me or maybe you talked to me as I was passing by, you probably didn't think there was really anything going on. But, you know, there was every day, even though it didn't look like it was a struggle for me to to function every day. It did. It was a struggle for me to function every day. I think that I think that we just need to be more vocal about what's really going on. Be more real with people. Agreed. You know, I, I know that I I know that I look okay today, but, you know, Actually, I'm I'm not doing okay today, <laughs> and uh, we just need for people to know. You know, it's it's hard. You know, I'm very grateful that I was able to have HSCT done, and I'm very confident that not only did it work, but I'm confident in having a long-term outcome from having the procedure done. Beautiful. So, so maybe confidence is your superpower. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I want it and I want it to be successful, not just for me, but just so that it proves once again, that this doctor or these doctors and this facility has made the right choice (laughs) to help another person have a better life in the long term. And, you know, in Cleveland, they didn't just, that's the other thing about Cleveland, and people will find if they go there, they really do look at your whole body. Um, When I left there, they gave me contact information for a nutritionist. Um, because I was so concerned about all of the weight that I had lost. Um, they said, well, if, if things don't move in the direction that you feel, or if you're, if you start having trouble, you know, nutrition wise, um, here's a number for you to call. Um, and they, so they gave me all of that information they also, um, looked at my blood work and um, everything that was going on with my uh, blood, my blood disorder that I have, where my blood clots and it's not supposed to. Um, they looked at all of that, requested a bunch of medical records from St. Elizabeth down here in Kentucky. And they have came up with a new treatment plan for me to have a better life uh, living with this blood clotting disorder. And they switched me to a medication that does not have to be monitored monthly or bi-weekly. Amazing. Um, yeah. So, so they didn't just fix my MS. They're working on my blood disorder too, you know? So that's fantastic. Um, yeah, and when I go back in May, um, they have put me into this program, which will not cost me anything. This is cool because it's a research pro- project that they're doing. 
but it's called um, CHIPS, I believe is the acronym. And I wish I could tell you what all the letters stand for. <laughs> but um, anybody who has been through any type of cancer treatment, they do genetic testing on them. And based upon the results from those genetic tests, they look for markers or things with your genes that may, it might show that you might have other health issues. Like, for example, I had a marker come up that says that I could end up with some cardiac disease, you know. So when I go back this next time, they're going to put me through a series of tests to make sure that my body is in optimal, how'd she put it? Like optimal, it's performing optimally as far as my cardiac function and my vascular function. And, you know, they'll look for different things in those tests because by having some of the chemo that I had, it could cause, you know, those cardiac issues to come to the surface down the line. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they're going to put me through these tests so that they have a good baseline and then also take the information that's already out there from other tests that I've had done when I was younger. And, and they'll keep an eye on that. Like for, I think she told me it's 10 years for the Amazing. next 10 years. I think I need to get into that study. Yeah. I know. I mean, I my, know. My, I'd love to learn more because Cleveland's not far away. And no, my doctor, my primary care physician did genomic sequencing. And we found some mutations that show my body doesn't make catalase, which is the complement to glutathione to help your body eliminate cellular waste, which is fascinating to know. Yeah. But what else does that mean? <laughs> and what else is going? Yeah. My, my circulation has always been wonky and it just, it would be good to know. It, I yeah. think it would be awesome to be a part of that study. I, when we get done with this interview, I will send you the information you. of the doctor that is doing that research. Thank you. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly interested in knowing more and seeing yeah. if I'm eligible and just digging more into that, the genomic function. I saw an article yesterday that I shared about um, using, I guess, genetic testing to help better prescribe blood thinners, right? Yes, I was reading that. Yes. So when I, when I go back in May, I'm actually going to ask, the hematologist that I'm seeing, I'm going to ask her about that. Yeah. Why isn't that how every medicine is prescribed? Like, yeah, even the MS medicine, right? When you were diagnosed, they hand you boxes of information about like yeah. your drug options and tell you to do the research and pick one. I'm like, but you're the specialist. You're the right. doctor who went to medical school to be able to treat this disease. Why am I the one making the decision? Right. Yeah. I, it's it's mind-boggling I mean, to I, me. <laughs> it, it is. It is, and I totally agree with you. They should, they should 
do it through genetic testing to figure out which drug's going to work better for that person because everybody's different and not every drug is. And we know that, like we know that, I mean, like how many people have we seen fail these drugs, you know, over, you know, they switch them to another one and then they, you know, fail that one. Or they experience side effects. And so then they just write a prescription and then suddenly you're taking seven different prescriptions yeah let's do some genetic testing and see which one's going to work best Mm. we'll start there first (laughs) such Uh, a long way to go isn't it great to be in 2021 yes yes oh so what what else are you grateful for about your experience with hsct that has gone unspoken um so I'm grateful for so much, Jen. Where do I even start? Right? Yeah. It's it's such an abundant place to be. Yeah, it is. I mean, being grateful that even in the midst of a pandemic (laughs) that, you know, I had a facility and a team of doctors that had a plan and knew exactly how they were going to handle everything and make make it all happen. And you got to be a part of their plan. Yeah. And, you know, grateful to have, you know, even like for my mom to be in a situation where she was ready to retire. So she went ahead and retired to focus on making sure that I was able to go to Cleveland and, that I had somebody that was going to stay up there with me for 30 days when I needed for Mm. them to, you know, all of the friends, you know, that have just followed so close and like kept track of everything, you know, that was going on, because I'm going to be honest, you know, there are times and I'm just going to say this flat out. It's, it's the devil. It is because sometimes I feel like that maybe I talk about this stuff too much, having the HSCT done Mm. and what it was like to go through that. And even like my moments of gratefulness, you know, sometimes I'll post that stuff on Facebook and, you know, I look at other people's posts. I'm not and I don't say this to sound judgy because I'm not judging or anything. It's just that sometimes I look at things and I'm like, could we not be a little more positive, <laughs> you know? And, but then on the flip side, I think, you know what? I probably would have responded or said the same thing, but because of, all of this being done because of going through HSCT, because of being given the opportunity to halt MS, to now have what I consider to be a a second life, you know, because, you know, I don't have, you know, I don't operate every day in brain fog. You know, (laughs) my thoughts are very clear. All of that, that in itself, is like a whole new life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because I was having to, you know, 
not only deal with my physical issues, but having to deal with the mental issues, you know, every day. And, you know, I even look back sometimes and I'm like, how did I do my job? Yeah, right. Like, how did I do that? Maybe I wasn't doing it as effective as I thought I was, but my employer thinks I was doing it effectively, you know? So, um, but, you know, now that I'm post HSCT, the, all, you know, those symptoms are gone. And like the brain fog was like the first thing that, that went away. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. I can remember all of a sudden I was just like, wait a second. I can yeah. think clearly. Yeah. It's like so, I, so transformational. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I just, so anyways, you know, sometimes I do feel like, you know, I don't get a lot of, res- I, I got a lot of response in the beginning, but I feel like as time goes on and I continue to post my results or sometimes I'll post things about my thoughts of gratefulness and how grateful I am, you know, just for different things, because that's one thing that HSCT, you know, has definitely done is made me be a lot more grateful for things that I've just taken for granted. We'll just call it what it is. That's, I mean. Well, it is. It's a huge shift. And, and so maybe people see your posts and then they just aren't there yet, right? Because they haven't been through something. I don't want to call it traumatic, but ultimately it is, right? Like, yeah, it's such a huge thing yeah. to go and through I just HCT. Wanna, right. And if I, you know, if I, if I ever had to do it again, I mean, I definitely would because I would look at it as, well, that's, you know, for whatever reason, this is God's plan and this is the way that he wants it. You know, that's, that's always my outlook on it. But there are days <laughs> that I want to get on Facebook. And I guess I'm saying it to even more people today because I'm saying it on this podcast that, you know, don't wait until you get a disease Don't wait until you get some type of illness. Don't wait until that time to be grateful for things that Mm. you can be grateful for today. It's like, you know, now I'm more confident about certain things, which also makes me be a little bit more vocal and not just with what I say, but even with what I type online about being grateful for certain things because before I'm not saying I wasn't grateful for it, but I might not have been as outspoken about it. You know, I didn't just go around and talk about how grateful I am, you know, and I just think that we should be more grateful every day. And I think we should be more vocal about the things that we're grateful for. I'm grateful for you. <laughs> well, I'm grateful for you because <laughs> I mean, like I know you didn't have myeloblative, but still your experience helped me through my little experiences too, you know? Sure. I'm just happy to give back and I'm happy to connect with you and other people. And I'm just grateful that you're willing to share your story 
as other warriors are willing to share their experiences so that we can help this community of people struggling, right? To recognize like, yeah, you can get through it. Yes. Yes, you can. And you're not alone. No, no. And I still, the ones that I know that have went through the procedure at Cleveland Clinic after me, I do still follow up with them and check in on them. Sure. <laughs> see how things are going. So, um, and everybody seems to be doing well, you know. Which is so, awesome. Yeah. So I'm very excited for them and very excited for the Cleveland Clinic. I guess I will always sing their praises. Um, of course. I just, it's just a good thing for us to be. I mean, there we go. Here, grateful again. I'm grateful to live where I live because I'm not that far from the Cleveland Clinic. I mean, takes a few hours to get there, but only a few hours. <laughs> sure, and it's tremendous care. Yeah, it's not some place that I have to fly to, and you know, I don't have to spend days driving there. It's just you know, a few hundred miles away. Yeah, I felt the same about Chicago. And I'm sure other HSCT clinics as they begin reopening post COVID, right? And so people who live nearby are grateful that they are so nearby. There are 20 clinics affiliated with the same protocol uh, that Dr. Cohen is leading out of Cleveland Clinic. And so, yep. May we continue to connect people with the right resources so they can explore whether or not HSCT is the right path for them. Yep, I totally agree. Well, and that's why it's so great to have you on board with HSCT Warriors Incorporated. So thanks for volunteering and showing up and helping out with social hours. And I know, I can't wait for the one that's coming up. But also just even for sharing your experiences with insurance and helping to inform the webinar. So So anyway, I've kept you way over our hour and I'm so grateful that you shared your experience in Cleveland and that it was such a positive one. Yeah, very, very positive. They know what they're doing up there. And to me, they go above and beyond, you know. You don't just walk out of there, you know, with having HSCT done. They look at they look at everything. They they look at your whole body and say, "Hey, there might be some concerns in this area. Or there might be concerns concerns in in that area. You know, let's let's investigate that a little further." So that's a different experience yeah. than I've ever had. Hopefully, medicine is on the track towards more holistic approach. Yes. Yeah. Cause their like their nutrition. Um, that was the other thing too, their nutrition. It, um, you pretty much would say to them, like when I said, Hey, I, you know, would really, I'd rather not have anything that's been processed. They would do the very best that they could to accommodate that. And like, even with their, you know, once you were out of the hospital, you know, like talking to that nutritionist, you know, they could help you with your plan from the perspective of, I don't want anything processed. Which is amazing. Like when I was in Chicago, I really wanted a sweet potato and they were like, well, we might be able to get you one on 
next Friday. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem that we had in with food in Cleveland when I was inpatient was they had a few days where they had trouble getting bananas. I don't know what that was all about. Blame it on COVID. Yeah, I guess it was. Well, I'm really glad so. COVID didn't stand in your way. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. And I'm still shocked that it didn't stand in my way. It is pretty incredible that you can completely obliterate your immune system, right? And yeah. begin to build a new, even in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And like, even when we were, once I was out of the hospital, when my numbers got to a certain level, they were like, you can go out and about, but these are the things, like they would tell you, well, these are the things that we advise if you do go out and about. So like, I did go to the store with my mom whenever we needed to go, but we would go on the day that they would um, open up early for the seniors and people that were compromised. So we would only go on those days and like we would go as soon as the store opened. So if it was 6 a.m., we were there at the store at 6 (laughs) a.m. to go to the grocery because you know, you didn't have to worry about anybody. I mean, there might be one or two other people show up, but, you know, it wasn't your normal crowd. Sure. Well, and that's good exercise and movement for you. Yeah. You're recovering. Yeah. Like I didn't want to just stay sitting in the hotel all the time, you know, but I also wanted to be careful about going out and about. So you know, grocery day was a day to look forward to because sure. I got to get up and walk around. That's another thing to be grateful for. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. Happened to go to the grocery. I'm grateful for you sharing all these insights and suggestions and all about your experience in Cleveland. Yes. And if I've left anything out, you know, people can always go to my website and read the whole story, like all the details, (laughs) you know. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, and you're volunteering with our Talk to a Warrior program. And so people can get online and sign up and schedule a call with you. Exactly. Thanks so much for being there for us. Yes. You're a tremendous resource in our community. Well, I hope that there are many more people that will be able to have this done at the Cleveland Clinic. Yeah. I know I'm 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 in contact through Facebook with someone right now. Um and I think they have an appointment coming up soon. Nice. So I'm excited to hear what their results are. Indeed. Well, cuz I think they're going to try to approach it from the no clinical trial. Mm, right. So, so I'm anxious to see what happens. Yeah. Second opinion. Yes, exactly. That's well, what I told them. Well, second and, opinion. Yeah. And it's just great that, you know, you had such a great experience as patient number one and can speak so highly of the program. Yeah. There. I, I'll be armed with my questions when I go back. Probably, um, I know it was originally scheduled for May, but I'm probably going to end up going back at the end of April. The main ones that they have to schedule are your six month and your 12 month. And then anything that happens in between all depends upon your blood work and how everything went. So, 
Well, I hope it all continues to move in the right direction for you. Yeah, I do too. Thank you so much, Duane. You're welcome. I'll chat with you all soon. Be sure to visit our website where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources and the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Alitzauser for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It has been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us online, on Instagram, or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode highlighting another warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind. Be well. Jen Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician.